Talk to my friend Drew. And Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know, I need someone. Well, it is great to be back with you, my friends and patriots out there. This is Drew Allen, the host of the illustrious Drew Allen Show. The uh, real vaccine this nation needs, common sense and truth. I, uh, <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, you know, when, when Trump was president, do you remember... Everything was bad. No matter what, everything was bad. It was awry. The country was just going down in flames despite the booming economic numbers and all of the successes and benefits that we reaped with our own eyes and experience. But we were told everything was bad. Everything was bad. And now, under Biden, everything is, is good. It's good. Don't believe your lying eyes. Ignore the inflation. Ignore the gas prices. Ignore the, the, the threats to our nation from external enemies and internal enemies alike. Everything is good. That's the message. And yet, and yet, I got to tell you, these uh, faux journalists, they're not journalists. We know this. They are propagandists. But they have got their heads so far up their asses that they think it is night in the middle of the day. That is how bad it is with these people. Can I ask you a question? Who got worse media coverage? Who was treated worse by the mainstream liberal Democrat media? Was it Trump or is it Biden? Do any of you listening to me right now believe that Biden is getting worse media coverage than Trump did? That the press is somehow treating Joe Biden worse than they treated Donald Trump? Well, a Democrat, Dana Milbank, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post. In this column, he is suggesting, theorizing, with his brain, his head up his ass, that Joe Biden, that's right, he is getting worse media coverage than former President Trump. I kid you not. Unrelentingly negative coverage is what Milbank is complaining about. Did you know that? Biden is getting unrelentingly negative coverage? I, I want to go through a few poll quotes with you about this disgraceful, embarrassing, I mean, Dana Milbank should be embarrassed embarrassed. I mean, the guy, Dana, by the way, it's a guy. I know it's confusing, but Dana's a guy, not a transitioned one. Uh, it's not, it's not a situation where he, he was Dane and he changed his name to Dana. No, no. Dana's his name. And, uh, Dana's a man, I think. But, uh, he studied the media coverage apparently. And he asserts that the findings, his findings confirmed Milbank's fear. 
That's right. That's right. His fear was confirmed. My colleagues in the media are serving as accessories to the murder of democracy. Milbank wrote. Now, I want to stop there. I mean, they are serving as accessories to the murder of democracy. You and I know that, but it's not the way Milbank thinks it is. I mean, we know they're murdering democracy with their filthy lies, with their Democrat Party collusion. Uh, But Milbank, that's not what he's talking about. He suggests that after a honeymoon of slightly positive coverage in the first three months of the year, Biden's press for the past four months has been as bad as, and for a time worse, than the coverage Trump received for the same four months of 2020. The same four months of 2020? January, February, March, April. What happened in March? COVID. And that's when the media, this isn't even true because they attacked unrelentingly negative coverage. Trump had unrelentingly negative coverage from before he even became president of the United States, before he even got the nomination from the Republican Party. Trump-Russia collusion. That's what he entered the White House with. That hoax. Quid pro quo. Twice impeached. The first four months of 2020. COVID. That was blamed on Donald Trump completely. Completely. From the beginning until today. It has not stopped today. So Milbank goes on. Sure, Biden had, has had his troubles with the Delta variant. Afghanistan and inflation, Milbank acknowledged. But the economy is rebounding impressively. He has signed major legislation and he has restored some measure of decency, calm, and respect for democratic institutions. You know, Milbank, Milbank, I don't know if it's possible to get your head out of your ass at this point. I don't think so. I think it's so far up there. It's a permanent, permanent uh, trap. It's trapped up there. No one can get it out. No one can get it out. Sure, Biden had his troubles. The Delta variant, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Okay, if you just report the facts without any kind of slant, uh, the way Biden left Afghanistan cannot be spun. Not only did he leave behind 80-something-odd billion dollars worth of Americans' arms, our taxpayer-funded uh, equipment, military equipment, helicopters, jets, whatever it is, Guns and ammo. Not only did he leave that behind for the Taliban to take, but he also forgot to bring the Americans home as well. In fact, they prioritized getting Afghanis who were unvetted to America over Americans. There are, by the way, still Americans stranded in Afghanistan. We don't know how many because the Biden administration never told us how many were there in the first place. They couldn't come up with a number. They had no idea, apparently, because they didn't care. And now, of course, now, of course, Afghanistan is in the hands of the Taliban once again. That's right. All of that for nothing. Not to mention the fact that a dozen or so American service members were murdered in a, uh, a um, suicide bombing at the airport there. And not to mention the drone strike in which Joe Biden murdered a dozen or so innocent Afghanis 
including children. And then he lied to us, bold face. The administration lied to us and said they had successfully retaliated against the suicide bomber that killed Americans, and they killed two, two high-ranking ISIS-K planners. Those two ISIS-K planners, which were 10, I think it was, 10 or 12 innocent Afghanis who were putting water, water in their cars. Oh, but okay, yeah, yeah, but, but you know, if you just report, hey, this happened under his watch, that happened, oh, that's negative. I mean, you can't, you can't report positive coverage. There's nothing this administration and Joe Biden has done that has been a success. Nothing he has done that could possibly be construed as, but they're trying, and we're going to get into some of those stories here. They're trying to misconstrue, to spin successes where there are none. And this is back to my original point. Under Trump, everything was bad, according to the media. Under Biden, everything's good. The economy's rebounding impressively. I'm going to get to that in a minute. He's restored some measure of decency, calm, and respect. Do you see decency, calm, and respect right now in this country as the unvaccinated are attacked, Republicans are attacked? The, the, the Democrats continue, by the way, as recently as today, I think it was, or yesterday, to call and compare, I think it was Joy Reid who compared Donald Trump once again to Adolf Hitler. Democratic institutions? Um, excuse me. Joe Biden, when uh, I believe it was the CDC, no, that um, unconstitutionally extended, extended uh, the eviction moratorium. That's right. Now, Joe Biden had to admit and acknowledge that he knew it was unconstitutional and it would not stand up in court, but he said, hey, you know, this buys us a little time. Is that respect for democratic institutions? Is it respect for democratic institutions? Democratic institutions. To conduct this uh, phony January 6th show trial that I talked about, well, just a couple days ago? I don't think so. But anyway, Milbank goes on, we need a skeptical, independent press. Well, I agree there. What, they're not liberal and leftist enough for you? The propagandists, I mean, Fox News, I mean, which isn't perfect by any means, but it's far more right than all the other mainstream media outlets, and certainly the Washington Compost, the New York Times, and all that filth out there. But we need a skeptical, independent press. He's upset that uh, I'm speaking right now. That's what Milbank's talking about. I'm not in the press per se, but I'm the kind of person he's talking about. We need to silence more conservative voices. We need to silence any voices of dissent and opposition, which is what they've been trying to do. He goes on, the country is in an existential struggle between self-governance and an authoritarian alternative. And we and the news media collectively have given equal, if not slightly more favorable treatment to the authoritarians. How is that? How is that? Well, you have given, you have given not slightly more favorable treatment to the authoritarians, wholly more favorable treatment to the authoritarians because the authoritarians are Milbank. They're the Democratic Party. They're the propagandist media who are Democrats themselves. And so he accuses the media of being too neutral, mindless neutrality. Mindless neutrality. And so, you know, I want to stop there. We'll probably get back to Milbank and circle back, if you will. 
But uh, let, let's see. Let's just put this to the test here. This is what Milbank is telling us. And let's hear how the media has been recently reporting, for example, on the Biden catastrophe of an economy. I, I actually forget where I pulled this clip. I think it's NBC. I don't remember who the host is. It doesn't matter because they're all the same. It's just a Democrat propagandist, a faux journalist. Uh, but this is what he said. Let's see if this is sycophantic. Let's see if this is neutral. Let's see if this is giving undue, undue favorable treatment to both sides, okay? Biden's under attack. The media's unfair to him. Biden's being treated worse than Trump. Biden aides view 2021 as a rebuilding year to repair the damage from Trump in foreign policy, his political reports, plus other areas. Biden must rebuild an economy that took hits under Trump. Democrats insist that had Donald Trump just followed more science, that rebound would have started earlier. And Biden has to push domestic spending for the problems in this country's markets and jobs and everything over Republican obstruction. That sounds an awful lot like a Biden apologist to me, does it not? You see how they do this? Everything is in disarray because of Joe Biden, this administration, and the Democratic Party's policies. And yet, this fool who represents all the fools on the left and in the media is saying that, well, this is Trump's problem. Trump created this. Biden's trying to solve it. He's trying to do it. But, you know, Trump really just screwed the pooch here. You know, this economy, this struggle, it's his fault. It's his fault. And, you know, the Republicans are obstructing the Democrats. And if we just had one party rule in this nation, authoritarianism, totalitarianism, if the Democrats could just rule like dictators and communists, everything would improve. Every, but those dastardly Republicans, you know, they're really standing in the way. Even though the Republicans have given thus far Joe Biden everything he wants. Everything he wants. They gave him the first infrastructure bill. They just gave them uh, the, the permission to raise the debt ceiling again on their own. Republicans aren't obstructing anything. We don't control anything. It's like the state of California where I live. There's not a Republican fingerprint on anything right now. They've got the executive branch. They have Congress, both the House and the Senate. They have majorities. Not big majorities, even though they act like they have massive majorities. But, I mean, this is the least popular president in American history. His vice president is the least popular vice president in American history. The numbers do not lie. The numbers don't lie. But here you have Milbank. Oh, I've done all this studying of the media. All this studying of the media. And, uh, you know, Trump's favor. I mean, Biden's favor. This is what this is about, by the way. They see the sinking ship that is the Democrat Party. And everywhere you look, the alarm bells are going off. Yes, for the country, but for this administration. Tanking approval. Tanking approval. I mean, the approval ratings are sinking much more consistently than the, um, the economic numbers are certainly improving. And I have a lot of news on the economy. I haven't gotten into that with you. I want to get into it. I want to get into it because that's what this really is about, this push. And the media, despite Milbank's stupid claims and lies, because look, he's just trying to make an excuse for the fact that 
Biden is being largely rejected now. The most popular president in American history, 81 million votes. 81 million mail-in ballot votes. But the media is coming to his rescue. Coming to his rescue. Now we've got full-throated propaganda. You know, the Biden administration, by the way, to continue with Milbank's stupid claim that it's got me fired up, it does, because it's insane that someone can make this claim. An adult who's supposed to be a journalist is making this absurd, insane assertion. But um, the, the Biden administration has been unhappy. Unhappy with, with uh, well, Americans accepting reality and getting upset with this administration. And so they have actually met with the media. That's right. They have met with the media and have asked them to start covering the economy differently. Let me see here. I got to find this article. I've got it. It's a New York Post story. And I don't know if you've heard about this. I don't know if you heard about this, but this is significant. And we've heard this, by the way, to preface. You know, the White House has been complaining, Jin Psaki and other people, right? Um, the reason the Build Back Better plan that Manchin and Cinema are not on board with, they can't get those votes. The reason the American people, it's polling unpopular with them, it's because the media is not doing enough for the Democrats, right? The media needs to sell it better for the Democratic Party. Sell it for the... I mean, they have been calling for this kind of media-Democrat collusion all along. And they're already sycophantic, but it's not enough for them. I mean, these people, the Democrats, I, I, I kid you not, I mean, they have no attributes, no values, no principles that are admirable, desirable, or moral, period. They are, they are victims themselves. Victims of their own making. Nothing's their fault. No one's been held accountable in this administration from the start. There are so many scandals piled up without any accountability. General Milley, we have the revelations that he committed treason. He had that phone call with his Chinese counterpart in the military and told him they'd give him a warning, a heads up, if Trump decided to do anything, take any action against China. You got Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the scandals that are not denied anymore. The laptop that the media told us, for example, was fake before the election, and then after the election took place said, oh, actually, um, yeah, it's not Russia disinformation. Uh, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop's real. The same laptop that told us that Hunter Biden had been making slick deals worth millions of dollars and kicking 10% to the big guy, his dad, Joe Biden. A corrupt, corrupt president. No accountability for that whatsoever. And the list goes on and on and on. But anyway, this is a New York Post story. The White House has been secretly begging news organizations to give favorable coverage to President Biden rather than focusing on his failings. I wonder if the Biden administration reached out to Dana Milbank and um, asked Dana to do a write-up that would, would go along with this narrative. This is how they work, by the way. This is how they do work. It would not surprise me if Dana was colluding with the White House to begin with, put this article out there, and all of this is happening at the same time. So this administration is not happy, this article goes on, with the unflattering headlines and coverage of the supply chain disaster and handling of the economy. 
and so has been working behind the scenes trying to reshape coverage in its favor. That's from CNN. That's a CNN source that has told us this. So senior White House and administration officials have been briefing major newsrooms over the past week. The meetings have been led by a trio of administration officials. I don't care who they are. doesn't matter. National Economic Council. You know, a bunch of people who are likely in the Obama administration, by the way. But Darcy, uh, Oliver Darcy, reporter, says he's told the conversations have been productive with anchors and reporters and producers getting to talk with the officials. So there you go. There you go. Here we go. Darcy's report about the secret talks also linked to the Washington Post, Dana Milbank, who recently wrote an op-ed titled The Media Treats Biden as Badly or Worse Than Trump. Here's proof. That's what I'm talking about. This is the collusion that's taking place. Don't doubt me on that. So Milbank puts out an op-ed suggesting that the media is unfair to Joe Biden, and then the media all meets with Joe Biden's administration high-ranking officials, to discuss what they can do to cover better for Joe Biden. And so let's get to the economy, because I think it's important. You know what, let me take a short break, real quick break. We're going to get into the economic numbers. I will explain what they mean, what's going on, and the lies, the train of lies that are going to be coming out Yes, 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 we're back. Drew Allen here, the voice of uh, my generation fighting for what's mine, my inheritance, your inheritance, and our children's inheritance. I'm going to get to Juicy Smollett in a second. Don't you worry. I'll fill you in on what, well, you know, you've likely heard what's going on with Juicy Smollett, but of course you have not heard my opinions and thoughts about that case, which you will not hear anywhere else because nobody speaks for me. I don't get my crap, my information. I don't spew it out like Democrats who just watch Joy Reid, MSNBC, and they just spit it out. I actually formulate my own thoughts every time, think through things, and give a unique perspective. Not for the sake of being unique. Not for the sake of being unique. But for the principle the principle of speaking my own mind and showing the world, the indoctrinated people my age and a younger generation, how to think critically. That's what you get here, critical thinking. I don't tell you what to think. I tell you what I think. And I challenge you, by the way, every time you listen to what I say here, despite the fact that I do the research and everything else, look it up yourselves. All of you are smart individuals because you're not leftists. And so I know you can do that, and you will do that, and you do do that. But this is the Drew Allen Show, and these are Drew Allen's thoughts. And I am proud to put my voice on the record. You know, 20 years from now, people can come back here, and they can listen to what I have said. And I never say anything I don't mean, and I am proud to put it on the record. So that's what we do here. Anyway... Before we get to Juicy and some of the other things, going back on this this idea, under Trump, everything was bad, even when it was good. And under Biden, everything is good, even though it's crap. You know, what did we hear about the Trump economy? 
I mean before COVID. COVID is a new scenario that we have to talk about in isolation. But um, I want to go back to, you know, Republicans passed the uh, TCJA. Do you remember this? This was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Um, I believe that passed in 2017. But nonetheless, this uh, Republican Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, well, Senator Chuck Schumer, for example, Democrat out of New York, he claimed Trump's TCJA was welfare for the rich. How many times do we have to hear the tropes from the Democrats that are lies and have always been lies that the Republicans are for the rich? It's not true. It's not true. What else did Democrats say, for example, about this? Nancy Pelosi, right? She didn't want to be outdone, outdone by Senator Chuck Schumer's comments. So she declared the TCJA is, I quote, a framework that gives away the store to the wealthiest while sticking the middle class with the bill. Senator Bernie Sanders These Democrats are always in competition to say the stupidest thing possible, to give the biggest lie. He chimed in. He gave his two cents. He said the bill was morally repugnant and bad economic policy. So, of course, the rich are going to get richer when this bill was was passed, and the middle class were going to get soaked and hosed. But the data doesn't lie. And we have the data now. And guess what it says? This is... um. This is uh, Chris Talgo. He's at the Heartland Institute writing for the Epic Times. Haskins notes, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act reduced average effective income tax rates for filers in every one of the IRS's income brackets, with the largest benefits going to guess who? Not the rich, the lower and middle income households. All of that spewing of lies from the Democrats, all of it proved a lie. What else happened? IRS data further show, I'm still quoting, I want to give credit because look, I told you this story, I won't tell you who, but anyway, I write articles all the time and my stuff gets used on other news programs, other podcast hosts, other radio hosts use it, and sometimes they give me no credit. So I am sensitive to this because it's important. I, you know, why not give credit where credit's due? We all serve our part and we use these articles together to prove our points and inform the nation. So anyway, Chris Talgo again. He goes on. Um, IRS data further showed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act appeared to have a strong upward effect on economic mobility. That is to say that this tax cuts, these tax cuts that were given actually helped people move from the lower class to the middle class, middle class upwards. Upward mobility, the American dream. This benefited the American people. The number of filers with an adjusted gross income of $1 to $25,000 decreased by more than 2 million in just one year. That is remarkable. 2 million people. 2 million people rose rose out of this lower income bracket of claiming an adjusted gross income of $1 to $25,000. 2 million people, it benefited drastically. 
And the number of households reporting incomes higher than 25,000 increased in every income bracket. That's basic economics. That's what Republicans, well, conservatives have said forever. Have said forever. That when you, when you lower taxes, you're not stealing from the government. You're not benefiting the rich. When you lower taxes, period, across the board, guess what happens? The economy booms and it benefits everyone. The bottom rungs of the economic ladder benefit the most when you do this. A rising tide lifts all boats. That's what John F. Kennedy said, and that's proven true. So let's go on. Despite Democrats' allegations that the TCJA would be a windfall for the wealthy, the exact opposite occurred. The IRS data revealed that higher income earners paid an even larger share of the total tax burden in 2018 than they did in 2017. That is, after this bill was passed, after this bill was passed, higher income earners paid an even larger share of the total tax burden. Absolute lies from the left time and time again. But we were told at this time that Trump was for the rich. Trump was for the rich. You know what else is bogus BS, by the way? So, you know, gas prices, it's outrageous what's happening. And we know why. You and I know why. It's because Joe Biden and this administration, the Democrat Party, have gone to war against American energy independence. They have attacked our energy independence. They've attacked oil and natural gas companies. They're at war with that part of our industry. And that's why the prices have gone up so much. We are no longer energy independent in just a matter of less than a year. Think about that. Think about that. That was an achievement Trump made. Listen, does anyone else out there miss the uh, national average of gas prices that were $2.16? Was that good or bad for Americans? Do you know it's risen? The national average of gas, just since Biden has come into office, in one year, one year ago, the national average of gas, the price, was $2.16 a gallon. Do you know what it is today? Of course you do, because you paid at the pump like I do. Now it's $3.37. It is more than $1 higher a gallon of gas today than it was one year ago. But the media, who is, you know, they're giving unfair treatment, unfair treatment to Joe Biden on this issue too. You know, they're out there celebrating right now, Joe Biden. Don Lemon made a fool of himself like a dancing clown on his show. Celebrating the fact that gas prices have gone down a couple of cents. That's right. That's right. A couple of cents. So instead of the national average of gas, a gallon of gas being three thirty-seven, maybe it's three dollars and thirty-five cents today. Are you celebrating? Do you see how ignorant the Democrats are? How insidious they are? How stupid they think the American people are? So gas is over a dollar higher than it was a year ago, but because it comes down two cents, suddenly they are celebrating. 
telling us to be thankful to them. Oh yeah, now it's $3.35. Look, we've decreased, decreased the price of gas for you, the lowly American plebeian out there, by two cents. I mean, it's still over a dollar higher than last year, but now it's two cents lower than it was yesterday. You're welcome, America. But this is the exact same thing that's happening with the economic reports. Let me preface this way before I get into this absurdity. Absolute absurdity. You're going to hear Jim Cramer. What is he on? CNBC? The Bell? Is that his show? He's supposed to be some kind of economic genius, a financial leader, someone who is a, uh, a professional, an expert in finance. And you're going to hear how stupid he is in a moment. He apparently got the memo from the Biden administration that he needed to cover cover this economy differently because he is off the rails, out of his mind. He sounds like, and you'll hear it, he sounds like he is on crack cocaine. He sounds like he was hanging out with Hunter Biden with a bunch of those hookers having a uh, an all-nighter. That's what Jim Cramer sounds like. He needs to be tested, by the way, for drugs in his bloodstream, cocaine in particular. But anyway, nonetheless... You know, Biden's been claiming that, you know, he has created more jobs than, I don't know, anybody in the history of America, essentially. So Biden says, you know, nearly six million new jobs have been created since he was sworn in. He didn't create new jobs. You know, we eliminated 20. This is the math. This is the math. We lost 22 22 million jobs in just two months because of the shutdowns. That would be March and April. In two months, we lost 22 million jobs. And why? Because we shut down the economy. We forced Americans out of work. We told them they couldn't go to work because it was unsafe. 15 days to slow the spread. And then 22 million jobs erased. Erased in two months. And so since then, we've regained about 18.5 million jobs. That means... Yeah, maybe a few businesses opened up and restarted, but the fact is we were given permission by our all-powerful, omnipotent, all-knowing government to reopen. They're responsible, by the way. COVID didn't eliminate 22 million jobs. The decisions, these foolish, foolish decisions of our government, our politicians are, are, are responsible for losing those 22 million jobs. So we've regained 18.5 million. So 19.5, 20.5, 21.5. So we're still three and a half million jobs short from what we were before the pandemic. About four million jobs short, let's say, where we were in February 2020. And so Joe Biden is celebrating saying he's created nearly six million new jobs. He didn't create these jobs. I mean, it's inevitable that people are going to get jobs when you allow the businesses to reopen. He didn't do anything. And in fact, in fact, they're doing everything they can to actually damage those numbers further by striking fear in the hearts of people with Omicron, Omicron. It's almost like we're going to shut down again at a moment's notice. But anyway, look, we've got this. It's December now, so we don't have a jobs report for this month. But we've got the jobs report from November. All right. And November, listen to this, economists, they had forecast 545,000 
jobs in November. Do you how many do you know how many jobs were actually added? 210,000. That's less than half. That's the lowest addition since December of 2020. But we're supposed to celebrate Joe Biden. Celebrate Joe Biden. He's doing such a wonderful job. Such a wonderful job. And so he's done nothing. When you reopen the economy, people are going to go back to work. This is absolutely absurd. And yet we're told time and time again, for example, I, I don't know. I mean, this gets back to the article, right? This, this lunacy that the, the media is unfair to him. And yet they're celebrating this. They're celebrating gas prices, saying that this is a good omen now for Americans going forward. They ignore inflation completely, by the way, which is at the highest it's been in 30 years. And what, what is there to celebrate? Okay, let's say we get back to where we were in February. That we every, 20, The 22 million people who lost their jobs are, are, are fully employed. Full-time employees again. Let's say that happens. Well, how are, are their lives improving when inflation continues to rear its ugly head? When the goods, services, everything costs more exponentially? When gas prices are still more than a dollar higher than they were a year ago? We're hurting. That's not an improved economy. Not whatsoever. And you know, the, the thing they spin, by the way, I've got to be fair here and I've got to talk about everything. You know, I'm not here. I'm not here to lie. There is a very strange thing that happened in November, and that's this. Unemployment, the unemployment rate went down to 4.2%. So more Americans are employed than they were previously. And this is getting close to, close to the 60-year lows that were seen between when? 2018 and 2020. So under Trump, right? Under Trump, we had the lowest unemployment rates in 60 years. That was Trump's achievement. And so we're still not there, but we're getting closer. And so a year ago, the unemployment rate was at 6.7%. And today it's at 4.2%. And so they're celebrating this, but it's odd. So the, unemp- the, 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 the number of jobs available, the, the jobs added, 210,000, was, was abysmal. It was absolutely, I mean, economists forecast 545,000, but the U.S. only added 210,000 jobs in November. That's abysmal. That's bad. And yet at the same time, unemployment rates went down. But I got to tell you, nobody can explain this conundrum. Nobody can explain this conundrum. But it doesn't make sense. And, and, and no one can explain it. No one can. There's speculation out there. And you know what the main speculation is? It's the way they, they gather this data. Because when they, the way they gather the, the, the jobs added, they approach mainly these bigger companies and they look at payroll and things like this, and they get a, an a, exact number about how many jobs were added. It's more accurate than the way they get unemployment numbers because unemployment numbers are survey-based. So let's say they call 60,000 households. I'm just making up a number right now. I think that actually might be accurate. But nonetheless, you can check me on that. But they survey. They call and ask on the phone if people are essentially unemployed or not. That's, that's the way they can do it. 
And so that's hugely inaccurate. And so that data we, we aren't sure of. Now, granted, we've been doing it this way for a long time, so there's consistency, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. But the point is it's disingenuous to suggest that Joe Biden's created all these jobs. The economy's opened back up, so jobs are going to be added. People are going to go back to work after a while, too, because unemployment runs out. They've got to go to work. And so it's totally, totally, like I said, disingenuous to suggest that Joe Biden somehow is responsible. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. 22 million is what we should be focused on, getting all those jobs back and then growing after that. But we're not even back to where we were pre-pandemic. So I don't see what the celebration's about. And the jobs report is abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. But now remember, I was just talking about inflation. You're feeling yourself. You're feeling the pain at the gas pump, just like I am. But this is what uh, Jim Cramer who partied with Hunter Biden the night before, had to say. All right, first of all, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 60 years. Jim Cramer is out there saying this is the best economy he's ever seen in his lifetime? That's why I'm telling you he probably partied with Hunter Biden. That is absolutely stupid. Look, I'm 34. Jim Cramer's much older. He was around under Reagan. He was around under Clinton, who I'm sure he worships. And they still worship that economy, which he inherited from Reagan. The Trump years, we had a booming economy. Lowest historic uh, uh, unemployment for blacks, minorities, ever. And he has the audacity. That's what I'm saying. He drank the Kool-Aid. He got the memo from the White House, from the Biden White House, that said, sell this. Tell us, and he went all the way. The best economy in his lifetime is what he is, is suggesting we're experiencing right now. Somehow, I'm not exp having that same experience. Are you? Are you feeling that this is the best economy in uh, the last, I don't know how old he is, 50, 60 years? I don't think so. But that's the point. That's what we have to deal with. That's what we're up against. This media collusion is... Ab can you imagine, by the way, can you imagine if Donald Trump had, had said, uh, hey, um, I don't like the media coverage that's going on. I feel like it's unfair to me. Um, can you guys come visit me in the White House, CNN, NBC, Fox News? Let's say he only did it with Fox News. Hey, uh, Fox, um, I'm getting a little bit of bad. I don't like where you're going with this. I don't like the spin. Um, I want you to come meet with me in the White House, and I want to suggest to you how you should better cover stories about me uh, that are more fair and aligned with uh, what I prefer them to be. They would lose their minds, but that's exactly what they're doing right now. But we're just supposed to accept this. This is okay. This is okay. Um, here we go. This is what I was talking about. You know what? Let's do this. Let's move on to a couple of other stories here, you know, before we run out of time. Uh, I just want to, want to humor you for a moment. So there's a story in the U in USA today. So everyone's worried that the Supreme Court, well, not everyone, the, the leftists and the pro, uh, pro death, uh, groups out there, pro, pro baby murder groups out there. 
Well, these activists, um, you know, they're worried the Supreme Court is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade. And, and, and per this headline, uh, let me read the full headline. Abortion rights activists worried the Supreme Court is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade are increasingly asking, where are our male supporters? I thought you had to have a uterus to have an opinion ab- about abortion. Haven't we been told this? Hey, men, you don't give birth. You don't have to go through this. It's not your body, your choice. You're not pregnant even though we're also told by libs that males can become pregnant. So I'm awfully confused, as you are, too. But nonetheless, we're told, men, sit out this one. This is not your fight. You cannot have an opinion about abortion unless you have a uterus and can give birth. But now, now suddenly they're saying, where are all the men? Where are all you men? All the men that we told to shut up on this issue that you can't have an opinion about it? Well, we really are looking for you to have an opinion right now that's favorable to us abortion activists. You can't make this stuff up. It's, it's amazing. I mean, that's a fun story, right? I mean, I'm trying to lighten things up a little bit. But, you know, this is where, this is where we're going to hit a grand slam, you and I, okay? We're going to have a victory lap here, a victory lap about Juicy Smollett. Now, to set the stage for you, you know all this. You know, this hoax of Juicy Smollett <laughs> getting beat up by two uh, alleged MAGA supporters who were black Nigerians and friends of his that he paid to beat him up. And he also paid for their hats, for the noose, for the bleach, and a $3,500 check for their services rendered to kick Jussie's ass. Can you imagine what that check looks like? $3,500 to the Nigerian brothers. Four, kicking my ass. Anyway, so we knew it was a, was a hoax shortly after this took place. I mean, the leftists, uh, Biden and Harris, for example, right? As soon as this happened on January 29th and Juicy Smollett gave his false police report that now he's going to land him hopefully in jail. Well, here's what Biden tweeted out. What happened must not be tolerated in this country. We are with you, Juicy. Harris, this was an attempted modern-day lynching. Juicy's one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his recovery. And Joy Reid, don't forget Joy Reid. Nooses never really disappeared as messages of a very specific kind of terror. But every time they're used, my God, it's chilling. Praying for Juicy's full recovery and for us all. You can't escape these tweets. Everyone loved this narrative. They jumped on it. This is part of the collusion policy of the media. You know, the truth is irrelevant. The truth is irrelevant. Um, This is the thing. They are married to their fake, non-existent reality that they want to portray. And Juicy knew this, and he went ahead with it. But anyway, to set the stage, you know, to get to where we are today, remember, um, when this happened and we learned that it was a hoax, Juicy continued to, to deny that, he, that it was a hoax. But the district attorney in Chicago, in Cook County there where this took place, well, uh, her name, of course, I've talked about her before, was Kim Fox. So Kim Fox, she dropped the charges against Smollett and she recused herself from this case. And so... 
The reason she dropped the case, so Michelle, Mooch, Moochel, Michelle Mybell, uh, well, it was actually a former aide of hers that reached out to Fox and asked Fox not to prosecute him. So a Michelle Obama aide, probably acting on behalf of Michelle Mybell, reached out to Fox and asked her not to prosecute him, intervened, interfered in this case. And so a grand jury had actually already indicted Juicy Smollett on 16 counts of disorderly conduct, I believe it was, for filing that false police report. In essence, Juicy lied. And so Fox, on her way out the door, she dismissed the charges and she made him do community service. Not even a slap on the wrist. So anyway, now we get to where we are today. I want to play a montage real quick of... Now, so Bill Himmer did a nice segment on this on his show. So props to Bill Himmer. I pulled this from Bill Himmer's show. And he put together, or Fox, his program, his producer, put together this nice montage of the outrage after the Juicy Smollett. This is from the media. This is your, your media uh, that the Democrats continue to turn to for their news. Now to that attack on a star of the TV show Empire, Jussie Smollett, who is also a prominent advocate for civil rights and gay rights, was beaten, he says, by men hurling homophobic and racial slurs. Breaking news in the case in what police are calling a possible hate crime. Investigating a possible hate crime against actor Jesse Smollett. He claims he was attacked on a Chicago street by two men who wrapped a rope around his neck. So there's your, your media in the immediate aftermath of the Juicy Smollett hoax. They're excitedly, exuberantly telling you, repeating the, the talking points of the left that there's a, 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 a potential hate crime, a noose around his neck. And they went along with this narrative. And that's when, at the same time, this garbage is being spewed from these reporters, journalists, anchors' mouths reporting on the events that they haven't even corroborated yet. That's when you get <clears throat> the pylon. Everyone from Rashida Tlaib, who I didn't even read her tweet, but it was along the lines of Joy Reid, of Kamala Harris, of Joe Biden, who all say, you know, we're with you, Jussie, Juicy. I'm praying for you, Juicy. This is a modern day lynching that we're witnessing. Nooses never really disappeared. Every time they're used, my God, it's chilling, says Joy Reid, praying for Juicy's full recovery and for us all. And yet, not too long after that, well, the truth started to come out. The narrative fell apart. And it wasn't believable. <clears throat> Imagine being a journalist, an esteemed journalist like Lester Holt there, for example, reporting this story. Lester Holt's from Chicago. His career was born in Chicago. He was a reporter in Chicago. All of these people know, know when they hear this story, how incredulous it actually sounds. A couple of MAGA supporters just put a little noose around his neck, doused the guy in bleach, shouted, you know, inward this, this is MAGA country. Chicago is MAGA country. No, Chicago is where black people murder one another country. Lawlessness, criminal gang activity. That is, is Chicago, it's not MAGA country, 
But of course, they love the narrative because this is what the left eats up. This is the lie they're trying to convince the American people of time and time again. White people, Trump supporters are racist. They use the N-word. They're out there on the streets hunting, hunting black men. You know, like Kyle Rittenhouse, who hunted three black men. And he, there were no black men involved. But this is what's so embarrassing about the media. And they get a free pass every single time. But that wasn't enough. So Juicy goes and does this. And then he goes on, I believe it's Good Morning America with Robin, someone or another. I can't keep their name straight because I don't even like, I don't watch these shows uh, unless I have to. And I don't really familiarize myself with their names because to me, they're all the same. A bunch of Marxists, a bunch of liars, a bunch of people who are disgraces to the profession of journalism who have killed, you know, just as Fauci killed science, uh, the leftist media killed journalism. But here is uh, Good Morning America. Smollett gets an invitation to talk about what happened to him. To put on a really, well, you know, he wasn't a good actor to begin with, and he's not good on these shows either. And so, anyway, it goes on Good Morning America, and I want you to hear this interview. It's, uh, yeah, whatever. Here's Juicy Smollett telling, telling you, swearing to the American people what happened. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume, I mean... I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you. And this is just a friendly fight. I will never be the man that this did not happen to. Indeed, juice. Yeah, I know it's Juicy Smollett, but that's no fun. Juicy Smollett. He'll never be the man that didn't happen to. Amen, brother. Enjoy prison. You'll like it there. Uh, so, you know, the jury now, you know, the special prosecutor took up the case and the jury found him guilty of five counts of disorderly conduct, five out of six charges. And Juicy's attorney is saying he's going to appeal this. Juicy and his attorney still maintain that Juicy is the victim here. But this is typical of Democrats. They never give up. They're always the victims. They will continue to lie until they go to their graves. And, um, you know, this is the thing. There could be, you know, there should be repercussions for this, but if Juicy were to come out and just say, hey, look, yeah, I made a mistake. I did this because I was, I was just immature. I was in a place in my life in which I was just so starving for attention and fame. And I was a failure. I felt I was a failure. And I knew, I knew that this was going to get me accolades and fame and attention. And I just wanted to be famous. And I knew the media would accept this and they would bring me on and give me what I so craved. And I didn't think it through. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But you never hear that from Democrats. 
just like you don't hear them apologizing for anything they've done in this administration. These people are in many ways sociopaths, and they are mentally ill individuals. I mean, it is undeniable that he organized this, that it's a hoax, and yet he will not admit the truth. He will not recognize he made a mistake. He will not admit any kind of guilt. And so I have no, I have no uh, feeling of forgiveness for this guy. None whatsoever. I don't have any empathy, sympathy, anything. Because here he is continuing to go down this path. And where's the media? Where's uh, Lester Holt today? Where are these other individuals in the media? Oh, maybe we should have thought twice about this before reporting the story. But that's the point. That's the point. They don't care. The truth be damned. And they know they're lying. And I want to bring something to your attention too. Look at how this was so carefully orchestrated and organized, how quickly the media was ready to jump on this narrative, even though they had to know it wasn't true. But it served their purpose. And I want you to think about January 6th. I want to play a montage for you one more time. I did this many, many episodes ago. I don't remember when. Of the coverage of the January 6th insurrection. This is an important lesson, I think, to take away. These things are organized. How is it that during the insurrection, while it was taking place, every media organization, every faux journalist, every propagandist, every talking head on every major Democrat mainstream media organization, news network, had the same talking points ready to go and prepared. How is it? I don't know. I do, and I'll tell you in a moment. At this hour, our democracy is under an unprecedented Chris has an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. Insurrection, as the president-elect has called it. That the was armed insurrectionists unleashed on the Capitol by the president of the United States. Washington is still reeling today after a mob of President Trump's supporters incited by his lies. March up Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol. Take back our country. Stop the stealing of this election. All right, well, you get the idea there. Some of my audio there was a little botched. Nonetheless, here we are, professionals going forward. So there you hear it, right? Everyone, an angry mob of Trump supporters. That's that's key, right? Uh, insurrection, another key word. Uh, they And then you hear the lie there too. Trump told them to march and essentially commit an insurrection. He's responsible for this all along. And that was a lie. There was nothing Trump did, nothing Trump said. He was not the leader of this mob that, that took place. And the circumstances were lied about too. But how is it the media so ready to go? As soon as this happens, they're prepared. Their talking points are ready. The Democrats also have the same talking points ready to go. And that gets into the point. Look, this took place and we still don't have answers about anything. Why Nancy Pelosi did not take the advice of the intelligence community who told her to bolster security. They denied it. They didn't bolster security there. Doors were open for these people. And you've got a guy, where's this last story I have? I gotta find it here in my stack here. I wasn't gonna get to it, but now I think it's appropriate. Um, there's a guy in Keller, Texas. You know, I'm a Texan. I know exactly where Keller is. It's not too far from, from Dallas. Um, but anyway, there's a guy who was at this uh, fake insurrection. What's his name? Um, man, let's see. 
All of these stacks, you have no idea what life is like behind this microphone when you're doing this stuff. And I'm no, uh, I'm no tree hugger, but I try not to print 600,000 pages of paper and all these stories. Anyway, here, I've got it here in front of me. Do not fear, we're back in full force. So a Keller man who drank a beer during the January 6th Capitol riot was arrested, the FBI says. You can sleep soundly tonight. Soundly tonight. Now turn your Christmas tree lights off because you don't want a leftist uh, who hates Christmas and associates you or identifies you as a non-Marxist to come in and burn your Christmas tree down like Fox News' tree. But nonetheless, sleep soundly because the FBI got a real killer out there, a real domestic terrorist. The FBI arrested a Keller man on Wednesday and accused him, are you ready for this, of drinking a beer while he stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Thomas Paul Conover was arrested on two misdemeanor counts of entering a restricted building and disorderly conduct. So Conover... According to the criminal complaint, I, I guess from the FBI, he bragged on Facebook posts about going inside the Capitol during the riot. Now, what did he say? I pray to God that nobody does any damage to the stuff in here because I'm not down with that. But I'm kind of, kind of proud of the people that stood up and said, you know what, enough. You don't see people spray painting SH, you know what, or burning SH, whatever, down, it's really kind of cool. I'm glad it came. And actually, you know, this is, this is amazing because this is important testimony to our case. Unlike BLM and Antifa, which did far more damage and killed far more people throughout the summer of 2020 in their protests and their uh, mob activity, true criminal activity, he's in the Capitol drinking a beer saying, you know what, this is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. We're just kind of walking around inside here. Nobody's spray painting anything. No one's burning anything. I'm glad I came. And that's it. I mean, look, this crowd is allowed in the building. People are walking around there. No one's preventing them from entering. And so he goes in there and he's got a, a, a beer and drinks it. And he's kind of funny. He says, I don't always storm the capital of the United States of America. But when I do, I prefer Coors Light. Honestly, Coors would sell a lot more beers if they would play something like that in a Super Bowl ad. But this guy's been arrested by the FBI. And yet bail funds were set up for the, the violent uh, BLM protesters throughout the, 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 the nation. And this is a joke. But there you have the media. You just heard them, the replay I had of you, describing this event in terms that did not happen. Inventing reality, changing reality, changing history, in real time. And um, that's why I say the Democrats knew about this. They wanted this to occur because they were ready to go with a narrative. Trump had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. And yet they continue with their, their, their lies, their allegations. I mean, this January 6th committee trying to get to Trump, trying to somehow pin this on him, even though Trump was not involved. March peacefully and make your voices be heard at the Capitol. That's all he said. That's all he said. And I've talked about this before too, back in, Jan in, in 2016, when Hillary Clinton lost the election. A mob of angry Hillary Clinton supporters surrounded Washington, D.C. There was a huge presence of police there and they injured six police officers. They lit cars on fire. They screamed out, 
and protested the, the results. They didn't believe it. Same situation, different result now. And that's why I'm so sick of this media. They're so dangerous to this country. The Democratic Party so dangerous. And here you know how it works. The collusion. They pre-prepare these narratives. They know the story they want the American people to believe. And they push it forward even when reality rejects it. Juicy Smollett, obvious, a hoax. But the media reports it. This happened. This is true. Kamala Harris, Joy Reid, Joe Biden, racism in America, MAGA, Joe, I mean, you know, Donald Trump people are racist. They do this kind of behavior. BLM, rioting the streets, burning down personal property, silence, mostly peaceful protests. And this January 6th crap is, it's not just a hoax. It is a hoax, but it's a dangerous hoax by the Democratic Party. And if you see how the media dealt with the juicy Smollett stuff, it's exactly how they're dealing now with January 6th. January 6th. But unlike juicy Smollett that had a police investigation, Congress, the Democrat Party, and the media are preventing any access to information about what actually happened that day. And so there's a total media blackout, like in North Korea, like in China. They're moving ahead with their show trial, regardless of the facts, and they're determined to prevent the facts from ever coming out. But this guy drank a beer in the Capitol, and uh, he's arrested by the FBI. And many of these people, by the way, are being held without bail. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Soros-appointed district attorneys, like in California where I am, down in LA in Southern California where I used to live, you know, they've changed bail laws. They've changed all kinds of laws to put these criminals on the street. The individual, Daryl, who ran over those individuals in, um, in, in Wisconsin and murdered six individuals, injuring 50 or 60 more, he was out on the streets to commit that crime, to commit that murder, that mass murder, because of this type of reform. Because they're putting these people on the streets. And yet these January 6th people, some of these guys who are just walking around the Capitol, who aren't violent, who aren't looking to commit any crimes apart from trespassing, these guys are being arrested by the FBI. And yet Daryl Brooks, the mass murderer in Wisconsin at the Christmas parade, while he was on the streets multiple times doing far worse things than drinking a Coors Light in the Capitol, and it resulted in murder. These aren't dangerous people, but they want you to believe this lie that Trump and MAGA supporters are violent domestic terrorists. And it's not true at all. But they're pushing ahead with it, and they eventually want to get Trump. And um, it is a hoax, and you better hang on to that. It's absolutely true. There were a couple other things I was going to mention. We ran out of time here today, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to get behind the microphone and talk about these things. Uh, but, you know, we got a little victory with Juicy Smollett, but the lesson should be remembered. The media is corrupt. You can't believe anything they say. They are like fiction writers, just like Juicy Smollett, who wrote his own story, gave the script to the Nigerian brothers, had them beat him up. That's what the media does every day. They're writing a script that is divorced from reality. You know, under, under, under uh, Donald Trump, uh, he was successful, and they had to make up lies 
to, to portray him as a failure. Joe Biden is an abject failure. Reality tells us it's a, he's a failure, that we're less safe, less secure, less prosperous, and yet the media has to make up lies to cover for him. That's the difference today. Anyway, God bless you guys. Hope you enjoy the program today. I certainly did. And I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with you uh, very soon.